Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you. It's a blessing to be with you. You know, especially as a Dominican priest, so I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, I have no real connection to southern Indiana other than the fact that I'm assigned here by holy obedience to my provincial. It's a wonderful opportunity to celebrate this with you. And it's a great reminder, especially to us priests, to us friars, the importance, the centrality, and the preeminence of this feast, of this Eucharistic feast and our celebration of the Incarnation. That God, who became flesh in Bethlehem, becomes flesh on the altar and desires and deigns to dwell in all of our hearts. And because we don't necessarily celebrate Christmas dinner with our family every year, we get to celebrate this miraculous and wonderful feast with you. And so it is a great privilege. In her autobiography, St. Therese of Lisieux when she retells a story of when she was a little girl, and her older sister had gotten kind of sick of her dolls. And so to her younger sister, she offered her dolls and all that went with it. And little Therese, Martin, two years old, walks up and is offered, you know, you can take this or that, and she says, I choose all. And this is a great foreshadowing of her own life in which she responds to God's grace not in half measures but in full measures, totally offering her life, even though it was short, in its entirety to God, constantly choosing all to give her entire life, to love not just the people she likes but to love all, in particular the sisters who challenged her the most in the convent. Today we celebrate the fact that God chose and chooses all. God, who is beyond any imaginable thing, chooses to become one of us, and therefore to draw us to himself. In the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, we are familiar with the infancy narratives of Christ, of Jesus, or excuse me, of Joseph and Mary's travels, of Jesus being born in a manger because there was no room at the inn, of the angels in Luke's gospel appearing to the shepherds singing Gloria in Excelsis Deo, glory to God in the highest. We get the human side in Matthew and Luke. Today, in John's gospel, we get a kind of cosmological and theological understanding of the Incarnation. We are reminded and frankly challenged that the creator of the world, the one who creates not only that but holds in being the world, chooses to become a creature. He who is beyond all understanding, greater than all that we could possibly ever conceive, becomes one of us. And this should change in every way our mode of existence. God is not simply just out there. God is not distant. God is close. God is one of us. To the lowly, God makes himself lowly. To the poor, God chooses poverty. To those who are downtrodden, beaten, and abandoned, God chooses to be downtrodden, beaten, and abandoned. To those who do not have a home or wander aimlessly or feel lost in this world, God comes and says that while foxes have their dens, the Son of Man has no home. This should give us, especially in our sufferings and our struggle, great hope. As we heard in the letter to the Hebrews, he who is far superior to the angels became one of us. Why? Because he desires for each of you to be with him in that realm in heaven. 
He comes down so that he might draw you up. So it's not only hope and joy that he gives to us, but he gives us a path forward. That path, however, is always the cross. It's always a choice to sublimate myself, to sacrifice, to love and to give beyond what I think I am capable of loving and giving. That the incarnation, the birth of Christ, is directly linked to his passion. That he shows us each and every step of the way that our true joy and happiness comes not in being served and in taking, but in giving and in serving. And we know this from experience, the power of someone in our own life, whether it be a teacher or a coach or a parent or an aunt or an uncle or family member, who comes down to our level and relates to us in a wonderful and beautiful way and in so doing draws us to something more, helps us see the world in a new and powerful way. When I was a student brother here uh, in 2012-2013, you might remember there was a very successful basketball player, his name was Victor Oladipo, and he was a, a junior here, he was you know, national player of the year candidate, was a lottery pick that year, and every Sunday he sat right in that back corner at Mass. And every Sunday about half the men in the audience would stare at Victor Oladipo <laughs> during Mass. And, the, and at least half the women too would just stare. And when he would come during the school year to the 9 o'clock mass, he would always get up and bring the basket, and you could just see everyone watching him. I remember one Sunday after the 9 o'clock mass, we had an ice cream social in the gathering space, and the doe-eyed looks of all the women. Because not only was Victor Oladipo out there, he was talking with them. He was talking about classwork, he was talking about you know, anything and everything. He wasn't a basketball player, a superstar, he was just a person. And yesterday, we were talking with the family parishioners, and the young daughter once had a phone call with him, because you know, a friend had had his phone number. And this was, she said, the greatest moment of her entire life. <laughs> right? When someone who is seemingly otherworldly, seemingly too good for me, too amazing, too popular, comes to my level, holy smokes, we can rise to new heights and new confidence. If a basketball player can do that, God can do infinitely more in your life. Because again, God just doesn't come and show us the way. God, as we hear at the end of that gospel, offers us grace and truth. To live with him always. Grace is simply God's life within us. It's offered to us freely. It's ratified and built up in the sacraments. God desires not just to be a part of your life, but to be intimately involved in your life, to be your life, to make you his temple, which he did through the power of the Holy Spirit in baptism. And he desires for you to live in that grace, for that grace to grow, for you to choose all and for you to have it, but not in the way of the world, but in his way, which is always truth. So grace leads us to truth. Grace helps us realize that there is a way. There is an objective way in which God has shown us his life. And God calls us forward. And God desires for us to dwell with him. Not just in heaven, but here and now. The law came through Moses. Grace and truth through Jesus Christ. God chose all but sin. And he offers to you today grace and truth 
all that you need for happiness, joy, and peace. And just like he came in a manger in Bethlehem, (coughs) he comes today simply in the form of bread and wine, his body and blood. He offers you all. Will you choose all?